0: Oh, hey there, you like true crime stories, right? Yeah, yeah, I know, who doesn't? But I gotta admit, after a while, all those stories of murder and heartache, well, they tend to go straight to my hips. So that's why I, Leroy Luna, have created a podcast called Excuse Me, That's Illegal, where we'll take a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. No TED Talks on Bundy here. The letters BTK won't be coming from these lips, unless he had a brother that used to steal library books suppose I'd be willing to go balls deep into that one if that were the case. Anyways, you'll hear stories such as the Mad Pooper, a female jogger who wreaked havoc in a Colorado Springs neighborhood, using one family's front yard as her own personal dumping grounds. If this kind of content sounds like it's up your alley, excuse me, that's illegal. It's available right now on all your favorite podcatchers. So come join me. I'll be right here waiting for you. Welcome to Truck Stop Murder True Crime Podcast. I am Gary Howard. Thank you for joining me. There's a promo that I want to talk about. Excuse me, that's illegal podcast. They talk about a little, little petty crimes and makes a little, makes a little humorous. Once you go check him out, you can find him out anywhere you listen to your podcast. Where you listen to this podcast right now, you can find him. Go check him out, subscribe, and rate review with your cam where you can. So. Let's talk about Truck Stop Murder now. Today brings us to North Dakota. We're going to talk about another lynching. I, I, I was going to kind of spread them out, but it's been a busy week, busy couple weeks since the last, put up my last episode. So I'm, I've already researched this, so I'm going to continue doing this. By the way, if you're new, let me tell you about what I do. If you, By the way, if you're a return listener, thank you for coming back. I do appreciate it. Write and review, share it with friends. it will be awesome. Also, but if you're a new listener, I am a truck driver. I'll travel to 48 states, and during that time, I have to stay at truck stops. Am I hissing? Well, i have to stay at truck stops for my 10-hour break, and I'll talk about the truck stop. I'll talk about what's there to eat around there if you happen to be traveling through, and a murder that happened nearby. So if this interests you, thank you. Hopefully you will stick around. If not, sorry. Thank you for trying me. But today brings us to Watford, North Dakota at the mobile gas station. It's like a gas station. There will be no Google Earth views of this because every video, every view I can see has it still under construction. So it's a rather new truck stop, mobile. There's a few, I don't, So I don't, I'm just going to go off trucker's path right now tell you how many At seven view review so I'll be able to do them all it's four star review it's on North Dakota 23 exit 4th Avenue Northeast right now I'm one thousand seven hundred and thirty eight miles from there right now I'm in Alabama and as of 15 hours ago my time at 1322 or for your non-military people 123 or truck drivers I know those truck drivers do military time too as well there's some spots left There's no i don't see how many spots there is but this is the closest travel plaza that i saw nearby here address is 3418 4th avenue northeast watford city north dakota and if you happen to be driving by here for some reason way up in north dakota now this truck stop i have not been to i don't i think i've been through north dakota since i started driving truck for the last eight years maybe two or three times i don't go through north dakota that much you know during the summertime it probably was nice but unfortunately i've been through it through the winter time and there's nothing but tundra nothing flat tundra nothing really but so if you're going by there and you're having to be driving through this area you can stop at the wild cow coffee and cream or which is a donut coffee shop with ice cream or the Stone Home, Stone Home Brewing. It's a pizza pizza brewery company. I don't know how good pizza is going to be in North Dakota. But either way, you have some pizza. So let's see what the reviews have to say about this place. First review. Gave it a three-star review. It says, great place inside. Has a lot to choose from. Merch to food and drinks. Staff is polite and friendly. Parking is overran by oil field trucks so if you get here early you may get lucky to snag a spot from google map view you can clearly see a sign that says no semi trucks which i don't know what this guy's talking about i went through google earth i went through find you know trucker's path which you do satellite view you in the maps and i cannot find nothing now i didn't really go through street view or not like that but when he looked at, there's there's no building there nothing unless i need to update my google earth i don't know that, by the way, that was a one-star review. Five-star review says, convenient, clean, large selection of food products. Some fresh-made coffee bar is solid with a large selections of brews and creamers. Coffee is always hot and fresh. Grab a breakfast burrito. You won't be disappointed. Okay. Now, I'm going to read all the reviews. Since there's only seven of them, why not? And one is no stars, just anonymous. Nice new truck stop. 30 total spots. Well, there you go. 30 spots. You have tr- which are taken up by all the oil-filled people. And it does not take COM data, which another person's, which that, ugh. I had used COM data to get fuel, so that is definitely helpful. I'm into a few of them, but there's probably a way you could write a check or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. Pretty nice little shop with the five-star review. There I whistle again. <laughs> Pretty nice shop. Some hot food, not really a truck stop, but has some stuff. And finally, a five-star review that says, excellent. If you don't know, that was from The Simpsons. I don't know why. When I was in airborne school, not airborne school, but I was in 80-second airborne vision. after every jump, I will lay there for a few seconds and think to myself, just excellent. I don't know why. It was just a hobby. So let's go on to a murder. Well, we're talking about a lynching, which all the same is a murder. Kind of like the last weeks when the, the city folks decided to take the law in their own hands. Well, this one's going to be a little different. This guy actually committed a crime. So let's talk about what happened on that day. So there, let's talk about the people. They are hardworking family men. And one cold January night in 1931, they committed murder. The seven-year-old so men took the law and a life into their own hands. And are most likely dead and buried now. They've joined in death the same man around those neck, whose neck they looped a hangman's noose and pushed off Cherry Creek Bridge near Watford City. The dead man swung, his neck snapped apart. A deep purplish rope burned underneath his chin. He was Charles Bannon, and he was the ignoble igno- legacy has the ignoble legacy of having been the last person lynched in North Dakota. No names of the lynching party ever publicly surfaced. No one ever confessed his part to the authorities of the, the gov- to the government sent to McKenzie. I started again. No names of lynching party ever publicly surfaced. No one ever confessed his part to the authorities the governor sent to McKenzie County in 1931 to investigate the lynching or any time in later years in the eyes of the law they were as guilty as of murder as man they killed and the statute of limitations for murder never runs out even though they're dead so I don't know who they were who they were will always who they were all will my notes are crazy <laughs> who they were will always be in McKenzie County's darkest secrets as years go by men and women who were children listening to their in their beds when the father's older brothers went off to the darkness that night will be gone too. the secret will be lost in time like while white mist on a dark night curling into the nothingness there remains a fascination with the story charles brandon a story so awful it caused good men to cross a moral barrier Few Humans Pass Over. The story is well told in a museum in Waterford City located in the New Long X Trading Post Physics Visitor Center. It is also well told in a small book written by Dennis Johnson who combines a private practice with his work at McKenzie County State Attorney. Johnson's book, End of the Rope, enjoys brisk sales in the museum, the lynching exhibits, Piques visitors' interest in the book. On display, an original hemp rope used in the hanging, a heavy black stocking cap supposedly pulled over his head, and a black mask worn by one of the lynching parties. It is a ghastly collection, ghastly like the murder of Brandon committed. In the book, Johnson doesn't ponder the mortality of the lynching, morality of the lynching. He doesn't ask readers to decide whether them is those hard scrappled times and circumstances it was right or wrong in the eyes of God or their own humanity it was done and it was considered deserved in light of the savage butchery Bannon committed and a desire to meet out justice in a state with no death penalty and fairly primitive laws and legal systems back then Johnson said one wonders if the lynch mob members were troubled or if the blood of their hands weighed heavy on their hearts that for the remainder of their lives. Probably not, I would say. Once you hear what he did, at, I, I bet you they gave zero fucks about it the rest of their life. They probably felt good. They were farm and rancher men, and they raised good McKenzie County sons and daughters. If they couldn't sleep well every January, every January 29th, as long as they lived, no one knows. At least whoever said. Right or wrong. I have to think about that, Johnson said. It is a question we've never really asked ourselves. Readers who don't know the story based on Johnson's book can draw their own conclusions. And I will tell you the story right now about what happened. And like I said, would you? What would you? How would you feel? I'm keeping my 1931 and what story. Story I'm about to tell you. Would you feel it justified, or should the law take their? You know, you shouldn't take the law in your own hands. I don't know. I think I probably would've been on the lynchers, but let's talk about the story. What these people, this man did. We're talking about a Haven family. We're talking about Albert and Lulia Lelia Haven, farmed about six miles northeast of Watford City. In the in the 30s, they were more probable described to be living about a mile north of Schaefer, the slowly fading county seats of McKenzie County, where. The jailhouse was located, and other county buildings have been situated. Today, the stone jailhouses—all that remains of Schaefer from those years—had the railroad road not intervened in town's importance by locating closer to Waterford, it would have lovely, it would have lovely town sites. Still, today, in the half-mile-wide valley of Cherry Creek, with rolling hills on either side. And back then a lot of time a lot of cities was made by railroad tracks. If the railroad came through, you have to striving thriving town. The Havens were considered good farmers. They were also considered prosperous by the standards of the dirty thirties. Keep in mind it was right after the Depression. Though old black and white photographs lend a grim circumstance of the plain wooden buildings and dirt yard in the Havens farm. When events unfolded, Albert was fifty, Louia was 39. They had four children, Daniel 18, Leland 14, Charles 2, and Mary 2 months. The Havens had farmed near Schaefer for about 10 years. It was realized around the community that none of the family had been seen since February 9, 1930. Well, where did they go? The postmaster complained that the family's mail was piling up and became in a nuisance. Seed loan payments weren't being made. Albert Havens insurance lapsed after 15 years of regular payment. The family relatives from Wanamingo, Minnesota told local authorities, I don't know, I probably said that name wrong. Wanamingo authorities in Minnesota, in Minnesota told local authorities they haven't heard from the Havens who had regularly communicated with them. McKenzie County Sheriff C.A. Jacobson went out to the farm to have a look around. He encountered Charles Branson reportedly a hired hand, So, but no Haven family. He had told the sheriff that he was taking care of the place. So he was taking care of the place, Havens had then pulled stakes and left. They had pulled stakes. The con said he was taking care of the place, and it told the sheriff that the Havens had pulled stakes and left for Colton, Oregon, an act that was unheard of. In the depression area, like I said, depression was just ending. The sheriffs followed up a telegram from Colton's postmaster denied any Havens was leaving. Nobody said anything thereabouts. you know, no one said nothing. Bannon also told, said he'd taken the Havens to the Wilson train station, but the ticketmaster could not remember nothing about the what he said. So they never showed up. Nope. It was until December. 12, 1930. Ten months after the Havens had been seen, that Charles Bannon was arrested for larceny when it was discovered that he had sold hogs and taken all the grain, straw, and the hay from the Havens farm. He was living in Haven. He was living in the Havens house. Sheriff. So he, yeah, he just stayed, stuck around, said they were gone and left to Oregon and stuck around the house. Sheriff Jacobson walked through the house and discovered it. Families' warm winter coats and caps and mittens, children's toys and personal belongings were still there. I was cautious of grim, conscious of grim forebodings, 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 as I walked through them rooms filled with the dusty, silent evidence of their former occupants. The sheriff commented. The sheriff took Bennett to the jail at Wilston. Wilston, fearing that the rest. The rest of safe fear and the rest of man's safety, as talk of foul play swirled around the small town and countryside. The following day, Bannon met with his mother, Ella Bannon, a local school teacher, attorney A. J. Knox, and a minister. He confessed to them that the Mrs. Havens had gone insane and killed her entire family, except for Charles, the two-year-old. He drew a map showing where he helped. Bury the bodies," he said. That he said she paid him a hundred dollars to take her to the train station and disappear. Authorities went out to the Haven farm and started digging in a manure pile where parts of small Charles Haven's decomposed body was found. In a nearby straw pile, the, the authorities covered the overall-clad bodies of a man and a young youth, a young guy, and the bodies of a boy dressed in suit and Sunday shoes. Albert, Daniel, and Lillian Haven. Knox explained that there was something else at the bottom of the straw pile with a wide t- you know fork, I guess one of them hay forks, tin fork. The sheriff uncovered the tiny legs of Mary Haven and tucked in a shock and surprise the gray hair of Lillian Haven. So she was still there. She did not take off. Charles Brandon had lied again. Some of the remains of Lillian and Charles Havens were found in the nearby Wolf den, where they've been dragged by horseback, were drugged by horseback. Bannon changed his story once more and then finally confessed to having killed Daniel by accident and the rest of the family because he was scared. Based on the letters found in Charles Bannon's possession, his father James was accused of, you know, helping him and, and extradited from Oregon to North Dakota. So he was the one that was in Oregon. So Charles Bannon was bought from the Wilson Jail to Schaefer Jail for a court appearance since the murder charges were in McKenzie County. Locals were convinced he was... Can you all hear that? I forgot I had my AC on. <laughs> Hopefully it's not too loud. And I'll say this, I said this many episodes before, everything I do is in my truck. I, my studio's in my truck, I live in my truck, I sleep in, I work in my everything's in my truck. So if you hear any outside, maybe you might hear a horn blow in the distance outside somebody getting patient trying to get in the fuel aisle or whatever but yeah but yeah so locals let's go back to the story locals was convinced he would be taken back to Wilston and possibly never convicted so on january 29th 1931 sometimes after midnight bannon was reading a small was reading in a small case like a cell in a jail james bannon and wheat wheat thief Fred and Mickey were, were sleeping there, a so wheat thief, wheat thief. Imagine going to jail. What are you in here for? I was stealing some wheat. Yeah, I was hungry and make some bread. So I, I didn't have no wheat, so I had to go steal it. Mm-hmm. i tell you who I So outside in the boon-chilling January night, men from around McKenzie County began to converge on Schaefer, driving slope back hoops and old model pickups down hard dirt roads to get there. Someone cut the telephone line where, where Schaefer and Schaefer were the deputy, so the deputy couldn't call anybody. The deputy wouldn't let them in, so the men at the SMA, the 70 to 75 in number, pounded and broke down the steel door. Lovelia Asen, the 24-year-old love Lovelia Asen L-O-V-E-L-L-A As A-S-S-E-N, it was the 24-year-old county clerk was in a house across the jail playing cards. The man of the house told the woman to lock the doors, not to look out, and stay put until he returned. The sound of the timbers beating against the doors was the most terrible sound I've ever heard, she said. "Mickey, the wee thief, said that during the long and thunderous pounding, James Bannon told stood, leaning, gasping for it at the edge of the bed, probably scared for his life, I imagine. Charles Bannon remained seated, cross-legged on the bunk, and head down, looking straight forward to the jail door. Nathan Bannon spoke. When the men broke through, they locked the sheriff, the deputy, Fred Mackey, and James Brandon in the jail and tugged Charles Bannon out of the night. So keep in mind, that's his father was there, too. Their first destination with the accused murder, was a mile north of Haven Farm. They want the truth once and for all, they said. However, C.E. Everson, ex- executor, me, whatever. Why can't I talk today? I guess I need to start putting more, some more episodes out. And here I'm stuttering. Of oh, the property stood with his wife. The owner of the property stood stood them off with a rifle. You're not coming here. They, they backtracked to the bridge over Cherry Creek. They tied Bannon's hands behind his head back, tied the hangman's noose around his neck, and others end of the bridge railing. The men lifted him to the railing and yelled at him to jump. Charles Brandon's last words was, it it said that, he said that, you boys started this, you will have to finish this. So he ain't jumping. If you want him to hang, you shove him off yourself. He was still gently swinging, swaying at the end of his rope when Waterford City Police Chief Hans Nilsson found him around 2.30 a.m. It was a cold, misty night. The body was hanging from the bridge, just barely turning the, to the cold, grisly night, the chief said. So after luncheon, Johnson said, based on all the stories he heard over the years and his own research, he believes that there are three primary reasons the men of McKenzie County were riled to, for blood. wanted to hang him, get justice for, for themselves. They, they didn't believe. The first was the Smell of the Hovens' body stored in a local library station in Waterford City for lack of mortuary facilities, so they could smell the bodies. The second was, while the murder was heinous enough, Bannon had killed a children, Like I said, one was two months, a toddler, one of a fragile, tiny baby. The third was an unnamed earlier date that three young daughters of the real Waterford family were found huddled together, dead in a burned house by their parents. Who've been in a movie in the town? So, let me read that again. The third was an unnamed earlier date that three young daughters of a rural Waterford City family were found huddled together dead in a burn house by their parents, who've been went to had went to a movie in the town. So they probably think that he did that too. Charles Bannon had been the family's hired man. It was suspected that he tried to steal money from the seller, but had been interrupted by the girls. Johnson said nothing he's heard over the years makes him think people in the community second-guess whether the lynching was the right action. And what do you all think? I'd like to hear from you all. So it was fairly well understood that he got what he was deserved, he said. By today's legal standards, so many parts of this investigation was mishandled that Bannon might never have been convicted. Johnson said Bannon was never read his rights or informed of his rights to an attorney during the questions. questioning. I don't think that was the law back then. I don't think the, the whole Miranda rights wasn't until long after this. I'm going to look that up. Then his own attorney handed over the, his confession, helped authorities find the bodies, and implored the accused to tell the truth. Johnson said the possibility a jury would have acquitted Bannon through James Bannon was convicted of the murders and spent was spent 19 years in prison. So that's it. He was released from prison. Weight Johnson said it was possible a jury would have acquitted Bannon, though James Bannon was convicted that's his father of the murders and spent 19 years in prison. He was released from prison in 1950 because of terminal illness and died shortly thereafter. George Governor George Schaefer called Lynch and shameful and ordered immediate investigation conducted by the Attorney General General, and the head of the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. Attorney General James Morris concluded that the lynching was well planned in advance and that the three or more leaders kept the mob organized and under control like an army attack. No mob member was ever identified, even by Sheriff Thompson. Locals said the sheriff was wise not to have been able to recognize the four men whose masks he tore off when he was subdued at the jail so people saw their faces and nobody was saying nothing the state investigation did not turn up the names of even one of the lynch members shortly after lynching a bill to revive capital punishment for the murder so the death penalty was back into state the senate rejected it though 28 to 21 so they did not get that the men who lynched charles bannon settled in the background of ranch and farm life in the McKenzie County, they never organized again, and never had been part of any secret organizing club. So they just came there, murdered. You know, did the lynching, took justice in our hand because they thought he was going to get acquitted or was not going to get the death penalty. And like I said, just imagine that. Imagine you're a town where a well-respected family was murdered every from a baby to adult, you know, and they just put the bodies because there is nowhere to put it. Keep in mind, in the 30s, I bet you refrigeration was not that good, so you can smell it through the town, and it's crazy. But, yeah, they rose up, finding courage in our numbers to make take justice in their own hands and probably out of a desire to protect their families in the event the situation happened again or if the system failed. They also committed murder by lynching for the last time in North Dakota history. Johnson said to understand the act, One has to understand the fear and the outrage of that day. I can imagine they didn't see themselves as murderers. He said, I don't think they felt remorse since no guilt ever caused them. The guilt never caused them to come forward and confess to it. So, yeah, there you go. Some last lynching in North Dakota. There you have it. And just like the last one. Now, unlike the last one where that guy was not doing nothing, he was just living his life, but he was just being vocal about his beliefs of socialism. But because World War One was happening, he just happened to be German and in the wrong place at the wrong time. So if you want to pay respects to the Haven family, they are all buried at the same location in Schaefer Cemetery in Watford City, McKenzie County, North Dakota. So let's talk about Alfred. He was born... November 13th, 1879, and he was 50 years old when murdered. His wife was born December Lulia, Lanehaven, also they call her Lulu. She was born December 19th, 1890. The oldest son, Daniel, was born July 8th, 1930, age 18. By the way, Lulu was 39. He was, Daniel was 18. Leland was born October 20th, 1915. He was 14, and Darrell's other son, Charles Haven, was born September 3, 1927. He was two, and the poor little girl, last one, which I think really put the fire underneath their feet, was our young daughter, Mary, was born December 28, 1929, and it was on Find the Grave. All these, this is on Find the Grave, if you find more information. She was only one month year old. So, yeah, I kind of see why they wanted to actually, you know, lynch them because they didn't think justice was going to be served, so they took it the, in their own hands. So, if you like this telling that story, please, if you made it this far with all my mush mouth and misreading and everything, I do apologize for that. I get behind. Re- I need practice. That's what I need to do. I need to start practice reading. a few books. I'm going to try to start reading and trying to record them. So, hopefully, you still support me. I'm going to get better. Don't worry about it. Now, hopefully you enjoy the podcast I told you about at the beginning of this. Excuse me, that's illegal. So, if you like that, of course, join my Facebook group. I'm really trying to get people to talk on it. You don't even have to like my podcast. Just go in there and talk about your travels. Get communicating with people. Tell me people about your trips, your experiences at truck stops. Or maybe if you even have a murder that you might want to talk about, you know, in your family or some crazy story in your town, please share it. I might cover it. Also, on UCAM, if you follow the link, you can leave a voicemail to me. I have had one, and that is it. So if you want to call me an asshole or speak your opinion or views or anything, just go ahead and send it, negative or positive. I think I'll go ahead and play it just for, you know, for some humor. But, yeah, if you want, to email me. At, at trucks.murder and gmail.com. I, you can find me on all. Well, you find me here. You can find me on podcast platforms. My Twitter, I guess, is X now, is at Truck Murder, and Instagram's the same, trucks.murder and True Crime. And since I saw that Supercell Vic did pretty good, I saw he has a lot of listeners on Spotify. I am going to end this podcast with the same thing. I think I'm going to, until I run out of songs. I'm going to end all my episodes with one of his songs. If you like it, give him, you know, give him, show him some love and listen to his music. All right. And as always, you can't fix stupid. but I'm out of here. Enjoy this song by Sleeper. Superfly was not my type, but I was dumb high Should've tried or at least shown interest Been more invested, made more of a difference For instance, I could've owned my persistence on my studies Instead of studying in the business The that I dropped, I could've fortified I kinda of thought I tried, so I kinda thought i ride On the road of life, I'm on the passenger side I drove for so long, it started passing me by Advice from a partner that was said in jest I laughed out loud and begin to ingest, what I begin to reflect is that time is profit, precious moments, I've wasted and lost it, feeling like a hostage and somehow I caused it, I'm shoved off to the side, got caught in this it. And lost it. So many fat jokes in my line, Walmart, masterpiece, this was the time, art blog, eat those that get out of line, hard work, the hard part is coming to turn, with those that say they love you the most, so let you burn, that's why I built up my burn, in case my turn, is soon coming, I got a place to turn, learn that family ain't fam, not anymore, DNA transmission down to our core, don't mean shit. When the law at your door Ain't no lawyers involved So when they tally the score They just hollering you all And I in too deep? Started the shit with Johnny Dean, And went to the Creek Leap Cell revolutionized Started the group They're the free, institutionalized Missing the fool First, worst of the best, open book, pop, quizzes on life Still feel the best, openly shook, popular popularize the test I got my eye on the crooked guy, wearing the vest Nevertheless, time hasn't been on our side Covert artists for years, hiding inside, not of in sight Without the sight, we insight, The strongest takeover in life, just to speak at night